Hi, I'm Heidi Howard, and I'm Mr. Stephen Kristalovaka. And this is Life, Life is, is collaborative. collaborative. We're here today with Florencia Escudero, Kelly Konopelski, and Gabby Collins Fernandez, all artists in New York, to talk about their magazine, Precog Magazine. And Precog's an amazing space. So I, I also think of it not only as a finished product, but as a space for like building community. Precog Magazine invited Esteban and I to do our first official collaboration where we made uh, paintings about the Four Seasons. And so we wanted to start off with a question for all of you guys about how working on the magazine has affected your work in the studio. Well, uh, this is Florencia. And I guess uh, Precog has been really helpful for me because I get to meet so many artists and I have to research and look at different work for each issue. So I feel like it helps me expand my mind when I'm in the studio. I don't know. What about you, Gabby? Well, I Precog is a magazine that we've been working on now for over five years. When we started it, um, it came from a conversation or a number of conversations that Flo and I were having about why, about um, how digital culture and materiality were related and came from a desire in, at least certainly in my work, and I think also in Flo's work, to like follow through that line of thinking in a way that didn't feel really reductive. Like it was a time where people were like talking about the internet as though it was just memes or web pages in art. Something that I had felt was that the way we experience and understand the world is supplemented through digital interactions, which end up having a profound effect on both how we conceptualize Space in general, and the really and the kind of subtle shifts between my sense of self as a physical being and my understanding of myself as a digital being, <laughs> and that like materiality, because of this materiality itself, is profoundly affected. Right, that this abstracted space that exists online or through digital software is also then is um, has has implications on our physical material concepts. I know that was like a little bit of a, a long intro, but really the magazine has allowed me to, as Flo was saying, interact with a lot of other artists and like not feel quite so alone in my studio practice, but it also has really given me the space to entertain these ideas. Yeah. Can we talk about how you and Gabby met and oh, the tongue okay. because the tongue I'm oh. still <laughs> well yeah. we okay so Gabby and I Gabby was in painting at Yale and I was in sculpture and we usually those yeah. but I was always going to New York because I was here before and I had all my friends here and I didn't like Connecticut and so um <laughs> One time we were on the Metro North, we were both coming back from New York and Gabby was sitting and I was like, oh, I recognized her face. And then she's like, oh, hey. And she <laughs> had this uh, like lunchbox and she's just like, 
pulls out she's like this tongue like a cow tongue and yeah we started talking and we're like okay cool like what is you know she's like making a video with her cow tongue (laughs) i think we wanted at least for my in my mind also like i wanted to um I wanted to, like, the idea of the magazine was really great because it meant that I could mm-hmm. become better Aww. friends with Flo. Um, I and mean, it was cute. We've yeah. had so many then, experiences so that, also and, like, the other because people. of the magazine that I just, like, you can't imagine you're going to, like, I know. you know, spend so much time with someone in, like, a, trying to sell books. Like, that's not something we ever thought we would try to do, oh you God. know? So much time is spent at <laughs> that thing. <sighs> So we initially sort of thought that it would be that the magazine would be like the product of this collective, like a reading group that was a collective that would we'd talk about some ideas and then we'd make things in response to our conversations. Um, and then when it became clear, like two things became clear within the first year. And the first was that nobody else was that interested in reading the text altogether beyond like being able to have the meetings. And second of all, that like just like non-hierarchical um decision making structure was not going to work like people wanted direction and like deadlines and so then we were like okay i guess you know like i guess we're going to be in charge because we're the ones who want to do it and but i think we still kind of and kelly can probably attest to this as well like i think probably a lot of the structure of the magazine including who we invite and how we organize it still kind of comes from this like desire for it to be a yeah we're still trying group. even the zoom i think it's like hey guys we're trying it again um but also we were super lucky because we met kelly through a, a friend inba and because we weren't i know um, at school know. at the same Kelly's time the so mm-hmm. um and yeah. i don't remember like inba had suggested that i talk to you about doing a website because we needed one and Kelly was like, I want to do the magazine. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, like I okay. I guess I'll do this website, but I really would rather do the magazine. Well, to be fair, also, I think Inva looked at us and our, like, production skills, <laughs> and she was like, you guys need help. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> actually kind of a shame talking about how, like, everybody has different things going on at Yale because, you know, like, the graphic designers will do stuff for, like, you know, the painting show or the sculptural show, but I think – You know, I think there should be way more interaction because, you know, most of my uh, career outside of grad school has been making artist books, you know, so I think it's it that collaboration Mm. is so important. And, you know, most people like if you ask most artists, like who else was in your design program of your year? Like they can't name anybody outside of like me or some other people because I, but I made a, a effort to like go to the painting crits. I went to sculpture crits. I went to the parties. I went because I wanted to meet different people. A to have a conversation outside of graphic design, but because I also knew that down the road, like this, these people would hopefully be people I could work with in collaboration and make projects. So I think that was important to me. But I think yeah, everything is quite separated in in that manner and. I think graphic designers also have the most work to do sometimes. Um, so they're always in the studio. Yeah. I mean, also this whole uh, collaboration has been really helpful because it helped me like look at design in a totally different way and how important it mm-hmm. is like to get your catalog, you know, totally. 
and all like postcards, all these like things that kind of are part of your um, art as well. Like, you know, they help communicate what you're trying to do. And I don't think people understand that how much um, design like plays such a big part in that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, yeah, design is everywhere. And I think, yeah, people don't think about that at all. I definitely had some like really harsh interactions with some artists where they were like, well, it's not as important or like, it doesn't matter. And I was like, no, it's like, if I was to go into a gallery space and move your sculpture around and be like, oh, okay, this is how like, you know, like design is just as important as art and we all should have like an opinion of how we do it. And it's, I think it's just people think design sometimes is just like, you know, making stuff for advertising and that's it. But there's like way more to it than selling products. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, people like don't how think we about that because it's just everywhere. So they don't really think about how it's actually made or there's a person behind it. Well, I also think, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like also, an ideology. Like, everyone thinks they can do design. Yeah. yeah, and it's not. Yeah, no, I know very well now that I don't know what design is. <laughs> do you guys want to actually? Because you all teach. Do you want to say something about like literacy and education? kind of in terms of visual mm. literacy <laughs> like, what do you mean Heidi what are you trying like, to say uh. oh wait I have something that I can say about education and my end collaboration um which I don't know if it has to do with visual literacy but um so I teach a senior seminar class at SUNY Purchase right now but even when I was teaching at a low residency grad program and One of the things that I think is the most important to communicate to the people that I'm working with um, in schools is the fact that that their position in the world as an artist is material and they can affect their they can affect their context and like who they are, who they're in conversation with and like how their work can be contextualized and received. That's always something that I've wanted and something that I've thought, but working on the magazine is really something that has made it true for me (laughs) you know so when i go in and i'm talking talking with students and i'm like you know you really can do this for yourself you know like there are a lot of things that you can't control in the art world or in life but something that you can do is decide that you want to make your own context and work with other people who are interested in similar things and like literally make make space for the things that you're interested in in the world like you can't necessarily trust that anyone else will do it for you and you have the means to do it on your own for me you know that's the the among the more most meaningful parts of working on this magazine and knowing that i can like trust kelly and flo that we can trust each other to like (laughs) make this thing together you know so yeah that's my rant on on pedagogy and like active material learning (laughs) yeah and uh, you know i think what's been really great about you guys you know you guys have this uh this process of of doing things digitally then taking it out into the real world as sculpture having people wear the sculpture and then bring it back since covid happened you know you guys have been like responding as artists and as human beings with uh precog time too yeah could you guys just talk about 
what precog time is. Well, how many have we done already? I think we're on 30? 25. No, we're still on like okay. 25. So we, we started <laughs> yeah, when the pandemic first started, right? Yeah. And we thought um, that yeah. we were only going to do it for a month or two, and we're still doing it. <laughs> and it's basically every week or every other week we have a we have a virtual conversation like a zoom conversation with an artist that's been in our magazine or that will be in the future magazine and we sit down for an hour and a half and ask questions and basically you know try to introduce this artist to people that might not know so much about their work but also bring our community together on zoom and you know check in with everyone it's been really nice mm. to have those, even though it's it gets hard to, you know, I, we, we need to schedule our next one. Yeah. yeah. What are you guys reading right now? Nothing. Yeah, I have to say, I was see, I saw this question and I was like, yeah, between like teaching, taking a Spanish class, freelance design and like everything else, I'm like, I don't. I think I like check in on the news and that's about it. You know, <laughs> I, I've been trying to like read, but it's, yeah, it's, I learned been, how to read it's been really Twitter. tough. I just can't like find the the mental time and space to sit down and read a book so much. Pasquale's been doing a lot of like books on tape, which he finds to be very helpful to like actually, you know, going through daily routines and stuff to do. And I was like, oh, maybe I should start doing that. Um you know, so I feel like I'm expanding myself a little bit more yeah. than just what every day is. Um, I've been reading, I listened to Hunger by Roxane Gay on audio, and I highly recommend it. It's an amazing book. And I'm now also listening to her collection of short essays called Bad Feminist, which is also very good. And the books that I'm reading very slowly, because I also suffer from <laughs> similar lack of attention right now um but i kind of on my bedside in my bed with me currently are glitch feminism um by legacy russell which just came out and i've followed her writing uh for years now um and love her essays on glitch feminism which is a glitch feminist manifesto and um after the flood i believe is the title of the other one and also so informative um especially thinking about metaphors, um, Caribbean identity, post-structuralist ways of thinking about knowledge and, um, and, and ways of being in the world. And then last, uh, which is a little bit more aspirational, is the book, hold on, I just put it down. I brought it with me. Okay, it's called um, Our Aesthetic Categories by C.N. Nagai. So I'm reading this Legacy Russell book, and I'm also rereading The Poetics of Relation by Edward Glissant, which is like the most beautiful book. And it's zany, cute, and interesting, which I've been reading on and off for years, but I'm It's hard to read. I have that book too. Quarantine. And it's also, it's like you read a little bit and you feel great, and then you have to take a break. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's okay though. I feel like, you know, time means nothing anymore, so neither does my... I reject linear reading practices now. Yeah. So, Flo, you also have that book. I have that. I didn't finish it. What else do you... I don't know. I've had to read so much stuff about okay. fashion, but I don't feel like it's, like, the same oh, as, yeah. like, when I read for my art or, like, just, you know. For pleasure. Like, it is. It, it's, it's all part of the same thing, but... Um, 
I, I'm, I want to read. I'm trying to find this good, this book on like the history of horror. Flo also just taught a really great course on fashion, soft sculpture and fashion through Abrams. And your lectures about it really taught me a lot in the past month. Cool. <laughs> That's <laughs> good to know. I made this thing, this course up because I didn't find that anyone else was doing it. And it's looking at fashion and um, art practices that use textiles in in their work and um, just doing like little slide, like theme slideshows um, and workshops at the end with like that would teach you like a certain skill. So it was really good class to do. And like, you know, it was a small group. So I got to also know about like all the, and it's mainly, it was artists and designers that were taking the class. So I, sometimes I felt like I would be introducing some art to a designer that they wouldn't know about and a lot of the artists didn't know about like fashion design um, either so that was a good class for me to teach because I got to learn a lot too. Yeah and just uh, uh, auditing it uh, it was thinking about like how that approach of sculpture could be soft and I don't know. It was just really, really interesting to hear, just to know all these legacies that kind of came out of surrealism, also, and and intertwined within Mexico and with like Lenora Carrington and some of her soft sculptures. And I don't know. You just you're just a really fascinating and okay, interesting <laughs> professor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you going to teach the class again, Flo? Yeah, maybe later. I have to see, like, pitch it to somewhere else, maybe, mm. or do it on my own. But I also feel like now that I did it once and I could, it, what's good is that I could record everything. Mm. And then I could, like, see, okay, I need to fill mm. this in or maybe switch this out, or, you know. But I, it was really nice because my friend Randy's uh, staying with us right now for a little bit. And she is a... I know, artist, fashion designer, and she got came in on the last two sessions and taught this pattern making technique. And so that was like something I wasn't planning on, but I feel like it's really useful. So there's like different things that I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this is good to have, or other things that I'm like, oh, no one understands this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking about. You guys being at the PS1 art book fair and making this magazine that has so much to do with technology and then and also inviting all these artists who work with technology um, to participate in this kind of printmaking process. And so I was, I was also thinking about how Gabby and Flo, you both use digital printing in your artwork, but then also interacting with the New York art book world, which I feel like can be really painting, um, old material focused. I guess like the main thing that we notice is that there's like a, a cost <laughs> to the printing and like, it mm. makes it hard. Like, you know, a lot of people don't understand why our magazine costs as much as it does when the, everything else around us might be a little cheaper. And it's because, like, we do, like, have to send it out to be printed somewhere. So 
that's one issue. And it just, yeah, there's like a different aesthetic to the magazine once it's printed also because it's just not just our artwork. What, I don't know, Gabby, what do you think about the digital printing? Well, I think, I mean, one thing is, um, I think there are a couple of things that I wanted to mention. Um, the first being that uh, one of the things that we run up against, um, which is sort of like unsurprising is that especially with independent printmakers, like they're looking for um, most beautiful kind of printing that they can make at the lowest cost. And it turns out that right now that seems to be uh, risograph printing, especially because people have access to risograph. Often people can get access to risograph printing machines institutionally. So the cost of producing things is actually much lower and which allows them to continue to participate. Um, and there is, I think, an emphasis on the materiality of bookmaking and artist books, like, you know, beyond um, beyond the galleries at the art book fair um, selling um, their kind of monographs. And like the zine tent is a whole like different world of people kind of trying to make, making their independent projects. Um, one of the really nice things about the art book fair and it's, relationship to the art world is just that it's so much um more cool <laughs> and fun <laughs> like people are much less pretentious like it's much less competitive i think especially with independent publishers and zine makers like people are really interested in the community that comes about from it's like these people because nobody's really making money you know so everyone is doing it because they love it and because they want to support like independent artists with specific projects. Um, and it, I think it really has an ethos of people making the world that they want to live in, which is which has been really like inspiring for me to, to see. It's a really good corollary to the New York art world. <laughs> yeah, I think my question just going off that New York art world thing was like after my time and, and also Heidi's uh, time in Europe, in Northern Europe, there's like just this huge design seen you know whether it comes out of like the museums or individual art practices and institutions that really like um cater to like high design but then try and make it as funky and as like almost like nightclub house scene posters but then also um like artistic practices that are trying to locate specific political and global events and stuff like that and i guess my question is like i think one cool thing about precog is that you guys um instead of like having one or two genius artists that kind of project their perception of global events you guys are thinking more locally with artists that you guys have in your different chapters of of your uh magazine editions and then speak locally about certain things rather than like a colonizing like you drop in and talk about an issue with your like craft design skills you like think more nurturingly and compassionately about local issues um, but just also have fun letting people have those organic conversations with the way that you design each print so um, I guess it's not so much a question but just more like I guess, how do you guys think about that and choosing people with each edition and, and also like busting that New York art bubble too and thinking internationally? 
Well, I guess when we we sit down and sort of talk about the concepts first, uh, like what each issue is going to be, and I think then we sort of think about, um, you know, who could be good for that sort of concept or issue based on their work. But I think, yeah, I think this is more of a platform to give voices that maybe haven't had like a ton of shows or, you know, like artists that we think are really great and unique and could really use more of a platform for printing their work or, and having it out in the world. Um, Cause you know how it can go in the art world, like specific artists keep showing and showing, mm-hmm. but you know, there's other ones that are amazing that are not really given um, <laughs> this sort of space to show their work. So I feel like we always try to keep that in mind when picking different artists that we um, find amazing. I think the, the the biggest challenge is sort of figuring out who goes well together because at the end of the day, like a lot of these works need to be shown side by side. So, um, you know, how does that sort of work together with different people, even if they're in conceptually, like they may sort of be strong suited for that concept of the magazine yeah and also thinking like across generations like we're always trying to find like older artists too that can come in maybe do an interview to like expand the conversation and sometimes you know reaching out to artists that we just find through instagram and just seeing if they'll respond and you know um that is like a kind of like surprising you know you never know really even with friends you don't know what you're gonna get when you ask them to contribute work so that's <laughs> always like interesting for us and i think we also like um even though we try we we definitely reach out to people who have experience or who have an interest in digital processes like we also want the magazine to be a place for people to try Mm -hmm. things like to learn either to learn something new or to like to kind of give people support in um you know new ways of thinking that they maybe had wanted to do for a while and hadn't hadn't gotten around to whether that's making kinds of prints or starting a new project or even just doing writing. Like there are a lot of artists who have great ideas who are never asked to put them in words outside of artist statements. And like a lot of the most interesting writing in the magazine comes from artists who are sort of trying things out. Yeah, I think we we wanna make a lot of space for people to um, experiment as well. Yeah, and you guys bring in like dancers and people who work with yoga and all different can you talk a little bit about that like some of the collaborations that you've brought into the magazine maybe like what we wouldn't traditionally think of as as things that might pop up in an art magazine yeah I guess it depends on the the theme of the issue but yeah, we're definitely not limited to just artists and writers and we'll think, oh, maybe, yeah, like my sister's a yoga teacher and I know she was doing a lot of writing about yoga. So I was like, okay, this might be the, a good time and a good place for you to put this. And it's also the thing with our magazine is that it's really a place for all these things that don't have a place to go also. Yeah. So it would never be accepted in, like, art forum, but that doesn't mean, like, you know, we don't, like, 
we're not even in that world. Yeah, I really love that article that your sister wrote about yoga. I was just looking at past issues and I like the way she was talking about kind of yoga and community building um, and awareness of the body and taking time. I feel like those are things that we're really coming to more in groups now, but I know she wrote that in 2017 well also there's a lot of things that influence our lives that we don't like think about when we talk about art but they're like part of our like every day you know like our health (laughs) which i think we definitely been thinking about more these days now we have to think about it too much Yeah. yeah but we also i mean i think something which has been really fun it can be very spontaneous, you know, it's like, it's sort of a place for all of us to come together and be like, what's a, what's like a cool idea that we haven't seen, you know, like that we haven't seen as an organizing structure for the work. That's really how the themes come up. Transformation felt um, relevant because, you know, the magazine was about to transform. Like we were starting to work with Kelly, like we were thinking about like, um, machines of transformation, and how like magazines or collaborations can function as these kinds of machines. Um, and then, you know, Empire Vampire came out, um, came about because like the world just felt as though it had gotten darker, like after the 2016 election. Um, it was like a super moody time. And it was also a time, you know, like it was also like a time where people were talking about like Bitcoin and, um, and, you know, algorithm, algorithmic um, feeding, you know, it's like these kind of processes which were occurring kind of and making money off of us as we lived, which also felt sort of vampiric. And then after that, you know, Flo was like that issue was super dark. Everyone was, you know, it's like talking about vampires like we need to do something light like literally light and then bubble orchestra came about as a response to just wanting to change the theme and um vibe of the contributions and and the sense of the magazine as a whole so i feel like that's also been a real pleasure is the fun that we have in making these yeah and our latest prompt (laughs) is so complicated (laughs) That I can't. I, yeah, what is it? What's your upcoming I, issue? I next? can't even tell you. I don't remember huh? anymore. Like, Gabby. Okay. I remember. Okay, the prompt is when the when the object sins and the diva sings, or the other way around. When the diva sings and the object sins and the spider crawls out of the web, someone else made. Yeah, I, I think cool. I think because with Bubble Orchestra, we literally got tons of people making bubbles. We were like, maybe we go not so literal this time, or like hope hopefully people don't yeah. translate this yeah. as literal. Um, so I think like yeah, it's always sort of like what it happens in the previous issue is kind of like what we do opposite of the next issue. Um, yeah. Yeah, I do have to say, though, honestly, that, like, I kind of believe that Precog has a little bit of a forecasting vibe, (laughs) even though it takes us a year to put out an issue. So by the time it comes out, it's like on trend. But it was like, you know, we were thinking about Empire Vampire, and then all of a sudden, everybody was making vampire stuff. 
Um, and like after we were like as we were working on Bubble Orchestra, like you know all of the stuff about bubbles came out, and it's like not by accident. Of course, it's sort of zeitgeisty. You know, it's like inevitable yeah. that we'd be talking about bubbles and like our bubbles, political bubbles. Um, when you know like in 2018 or something like this but you know fyi one of the one of the sort of um tender and joking inspirations for this long title was fiona apple um who like is notorious for like having long run on album album titles um and it just turned out you know that after we decided on our our issue theme you know we found out that fiona apple would be released album so you know well i mean it's kind of fitting right since we've been trapped in our houses for so long now that we're sort of stuck in a loop that just keeps running so i feel like the title is very much relative to this time that's great thank you guys so much yeah i wanted to see if you guys wanted to give any (laughs) shout outs to your peoples Um, or plug anything no No. (laughs) (laughs) when does this come out when do you Cool. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to be announced. I'll I'll definitely I'll let you guys know before it's gonna come out. We're just kind of in an un, in a yeah. time of flexibility, flexibility right yeah, now. In a bubble. We, yeah. <laughs> we understand that. In the spider web. Yeah. That's right. Well, it was great yeah, to thank talk you. to you. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much too. Yeah, thank you guys. We love you. We love you too. We will. We'll come back to the spider web. We'll come back. Come back to New York so we can still look at you through a screen. (laughs) Okay, guys, have a great day. You too. All right. Bye.